Which horror character would make the best road trip partner and why? Hmm. <laughs> Mark's wanna, gave me quite the look there. I want to point out to the listeners that that's Mark's 17th take on that opening. It is not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, this is the first time we ever heard this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, you just blew my mind. These cold open. <laughs> Damn it, I can't talk today. Take two. These cold opens are always cold. Yeah, this is just what we talk about when y'all aren't listening. Um, I will go with Jason from the Friday the 13th franchise. Okay. For a couple reasons. I mean, I'm sure he smells. That's a downside. Con. That's a big downside. Yeah, guy, I so want to hear these reasons. Guy smells like a motherfucker probably, but quiet. Doesn't have a lot. I of, knew that was going to be one of your things. I knew you were going to say he's quiet. Doesn't have strong opinions probably on anything. <laughs> uh, he's been in the lake slash in a camp for a very long time. So all culture is going to be exciting to him. Um, he's been to Manhattan, bro. And hell. True. And space. And space. Yeah. Have you been to space? I have not been, you can tell me about space. <laughs> There's another pro just added to the list. <laughs> um, Jason 11. Jason goes to LaGuardia. Yeah. Uh, it's planes, trains, and automobiles <laughs> with John and Jason. <laughs> yeah. If I get a flat tire, my man's strong. Yo, he could help me out there. So they shit like that. You went real functional with this. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. thinking who would be the most. Yeah. I don't care about the personality. Hopefully they'll be like Jason mute. So how do you keep him from murdering you in that s- small space you're sharing? Great question, Mark. Um, I just assumed we would have become lifelong friends. Before. I don't, I, don't yeah, I figure you're cool with the person you're traveling yeah, yeah. with. This is not a hostage situation. I here. wouldn't have just, it's not like a day one. Hey, we've just met Jason. You want to go cross country with me? We would have built up a foundation. Pin I, pals. Yeah. I just started like by feeding them. Maybe how, how do you like tame an animal? <laughs> peanuts at them. Yeah. Um, don't kill me. Here's some raw meat. Yeah. John's like Tatonka. <laughs> so, uh, so Quiet, functional road trip partner, my man Jason. Also, no one's gonna rob me if I'm fucking riding with Jason. Which vert, like baghead, hockey mask, hockey mask, traditional, yeah. probably yeah. like, what was it six or seven, Jason? Okay, yeah, that's arguably one of the grosser ones, though. Oh, just so you know, the smell would be atrocious. If you go with baghead, Jason, he might still be a living creature at that point. Yeah, but then some be of rotting the meat. strength aspect isn't available for me. For, you know, if I need that. I say just get some of those little, like, you know, evergreen trees. Yeah, it'll make it car. work. Windows down, bro. The third I, I approve it. You know what? <laughs> I like your choice, John. You've so. got my seal of approval on this. <laughs> the third partner in this road trip, Febreze. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Garrett, what about you? I thought about this long and hard. And I, I thought Jason at first also, for some of the same reasons you said. Nice. Not the quiet thing. That would drive me nuts. I just put on music or and a podcast. that exactly is why I shifted the complete opposite way and said I wanted to travel with Chucky. Because... That dude would never stop talking. We could go nonstop. Yeah. Like, I never shut up in my spare time as it is. <laughs> I just talk incessantly. Dude's going to do the same thing. We're very passionate about what we talk about. You know, we get into, you know, we like what we do. And Chucky, um, Bride and Chucky, they kind of go on a road trip. He seemed like a blast other than all the killing. <laughs> you know, just keep him occupied. You know, he's probably going to be all right. Plus, he could invite Tiffany and we could hang out with like Jennifer Tilly. So that's going to be awesome. Who, who better? He's, he's fun. He's a fun okay. dude. I mean, plus you get pulled over by a cop. You're like, what's up with the dog? You're like, oh, let's take him to my sick friend. You know, like it's, he's got a kid. Bam. We're out of that situation. You need to sneak someplace. Doll's got it. You know? And then if Jennifer Tilly's there, we can get her, like out of a lot of tickets. You know, she's like, excuse me. I can't do her voice very well. I'm not going to like insult Jennifer Tilly by trying to do her <laughs> voice. Yeah. But you know, I mean, we got all our bases covered. Okay. That is. Yeah. Chucky. Hands down. Right on. That's okay. that's an option. 
Plus that that mouth when someone cuts us off, he's like, "You fucking son of a bitch!" I mean, like, how cool would that be? That'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be afraid by the end of Garrett's road trip that Chucky would be inhabiting Garrett's body, though. It's a risk. Also, if you're, I'm arch- not the first person he's exposed his um, secret to. I almost said expose himself to, <laughs> but expose the secret to. Well, it depends, right? If this is his next resurrection, maybe that's our road trip is to find grown up Andy so he can make that shit a reality. All right. Well, if you're going to be a hand in this crime, I don't want nothing to do yeah. with it. Plus, it's not a crime. It's not a crime. We're going <laughs> to we're going to talk. We're going to negotiate that with money. We're going to. This is going to be all above board. Is okay. it against the law to possess somebody? I bet Ooh, it's not. That is a great question. What? That, any lawyers out there? Hit us back. Is it a law to possess somebody else's body via voodoo? I, it can't be. I'm sure nobody in Congress. I mean, is, identity <laughs> theft is a is a yeah of a, a, a crime, but you're not stealing their identity. I, you might be convicted. You could probably be convicted of fraud. Because oh, you're pretending maybe, to be them. Maybe. Oh, just, welcome back to Legal Talk with yeah. John and Gary. Where we're going to dig into <laughs> possession and voodoo of all kinds. Well, you're also causing harm to someone else, as in ceasing their existence but it's not in really the afterlife murder, also. Because you're pushing, in some possession cases, they're still there. Ooh, oh, cohabitating around in the back yeah, of the brain. Bingo. So they're not dead. Cohabitation. That's like a roommate situation inside a body. We might have to get Mancini on the phone. <laughs> Somebody call him up. Yeah, I'm Somebody gonna, give me Johnny Cochran. I'm going to need a lawyer here. All right. Well, my answer is the leprechaun. Why? Talk about smells. Why, Mark? <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Oh, God, no. Please don't. Because the leprechaun is the Irish Swiss army knife of magic. He can do anything, and I can get out of any issue because he can do anything. Wouldn't the Irish Swiss Army knife just be the Irish Army knife? Yes, good point. <laughs> I don't think they call it the Irish. Check and mate, John. <laughs> the Irish Swiss Army knife. <laughs> don't go get my Irish Swiss Army knife. You guys keep saying Swiss. Swish. No, you said it too, Mark. You guys keep saying Swiss. Irish Swiss. Sponsored by Nike. Is Swish. hard to say. I don't mean to uh, insult any of our Swiss <laughs> listeners out there. I'm Swish. having trouble speaking. Or our that. literate listeners. <laughs> yeah, I am not that. <laughs> uh, but think about it, man. If the car tire pops, he could just make another tire. If there's any cop issues, we can just whatever, you know, like magic them away. You know, I, I realize that I'm going to have to. You brushed a lot of cop murder under that whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big umbrella there. <laughs> Do not look under that umbrella. There's a lot of dead cops. But you have to listen to him talk, and he'll talk in riddles. And rhyme. And he'll do a bad rap. I'll just put on a oh, podcast. Oh, God. You don't think he'll talk over that? And play some music. Yeah. Oh, you could put on... You don't on... think he'll sing along? He'll try to freestyle on it? Maybe I'll take one of those cop cars with the pl- the panel between we'll just magic his way through that. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, get a ball gag, but then like, you know, oh, that's going to... I'm no, also that's planning weird. on allowing him to pick up hitchhikers to murder along the way to keep him Why would me. you... Keep him from killing me. Okay. You, got, you guys have somehow... You're supposed to be cool <laughs> with the person you're... Yeah, I know, no, you're, you guys have just assumed that a mass murdering villain isn't going to want to kill. I'm going to let them satiate their hunger so they don't get me. Okay. What is your what is your in, What is is your your road trip goal? What are you guys setting out to do? World biggest ball of yarn. That's what I imagined. <laughs> yeah. They're falling the end of the rainbow. <laughs> they hear there's a pot of gold. <laughs> I hadn't thought that far about why I got in the car with the leprechaun. Okay. okay. <laughs> and that's Mark's first mistake. <laughs> We're going to sci-fi. We're going to the sci-fi headquarters to talk about this new one coming I out. I could see some pros for the leprechaun, but yeah, smell. You see that skin? That's the skin of something that smells. So you're in the same ball game as me. Maybe Do they game. ever mention that he stinks? They don't mention that Jason stinks, but you just know he has to. Look at him. That's true. I feel like the only one who doesn't stink is the doll. Yeah. He might smell that- a little ripe because of the clothes, but we can wash those. I may be stereotyping here. And I'm going to assume uh, smell, but I think anything that looks like 
that like a leprechaun. Wow, I think we need to stop this. Probably right now. smells terrible. Ooh, any of our listeners that look like the leprechaun or Jason, please do not be offended. Or do go get help. You should not. <laughs> we, we have modern medicine can help a lot. All right, cue the intro, Mark. We got to get this going. <laughs> Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark, again, joined by John and Garrett. Fellas, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm breathing. Alive. Bare minimum, so. <laughs> Alive and not smelling like Apparently, a dead body. Apparently, I'm offending uh, leprechauns. <laughs> leprechauns all around the world. All, yeah, and mass murderers. Just another day for John. That's it. Offensive John. OJ, that's what they call me. <laughs> they call you <laughs> OJ. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> I'm doing okay. What have you guys been up to since the last time we recorded? I'm trying to decide between what tattoo I want to get. You getting another one? Yeah, I can't decide if I want to get this dope like X-Men one that I've been thinking about for a long time, or if I finally want to get that like giant Triceratops. Why don't you get an X-Men on a Triceratops? Come on, man. Don't be crazy. Ooh. Seems pretty legit. It could be legit. There's also a really cool Spider-Man piece that I saw that I was like, oh, I'd love to get that done. But I get, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take this off the air. We can, I'll, I'll, you know, maybe I'll bring it up on Twitter. Tattoo talk. Mm. Welcome back to tattoo yeah. talk. Man, there's a lot of, you know, we should just have like a whole podcast network. Talk franchise. Asterisk yeah. talk. We'll have like a, <laughs> a, a podcast where we talk about like stuff on the bus and we'll call it Bus It, the podcast. Ooh. Um, Insert talk here. That's you know, it. gravy talk. I still want to do gravy Our, talk, you guys. Yeah, that's the original, the OG <laughs> spinoff podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by OJ. Oh. <laughs> Well, have you guys watched anything to warn us about, recommend, or I did watch rebuke? Candyman Farewell to Flesh. Oh, That's the that, sequel, right? That, that is the right? sequel. That turned out to be the movie I thought for the first 20 years of my life or so was Candyman. It, okay. is, it is not Candyman. It's the sequel. So Mark and I have actually like had the desire to watch this, and we talked about like going to watch this together at some point. Yeah, it's so. fine. It's on Amazon Prime, I think. Okay, um, so don't tell us too much about it because yeah. I think we are going to like legit sit down and watch that. Yeah, it takes place in New Orleans, I'll tell you that. And well, uh, what a great place for Candyman to take place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, do good. you think that's what actually like... <gasps> Does he die at the end of the... Uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Because remember the movie Hatchet? Tony taught us down there as like a voodoo like yeah. um, tour guide. Do you think that's actually Candyman after he gave up the Candyman gig? Oh, maybe. <laughs> Do you think Hatchet is like a real telling... Because Robert England owns a um, gas station at the beginning of that. I'm hanging up my bees and I'm going legit. Yeah. That was a terrible Tony That Tom. was yeah. a terrible Tony Todd, but I appreciate you going yeah. for it. It's I'll hard tell you, to do There is some heavy retconning in number two from number one. Oh, is there? Yeah, but they do uh, shout out to our favorite girl, who, Helen. Was that her name? Yeah. I already Helen. forgot it. Helen. Yeah, they open talking about Helen, and then they- Do they explain that whole thing, the whole ending? Uh, they immediately, like, I mean, literally, it's like five minutes, and then they never talk about her ever again. But do they explain how that is retconned? Uh, no. Damn it. No, there's not a whole lot of explanation there. Just what they say is this person believes so much in Candyman, she became a killer. And then some crazy shit happens that is really boring and oh, okay. uh, the movie continues. Ugh. So, would I recommend watching it? Yes, it's a good idea. Uh, and it also could very well be the first Candyman. <laughs> Oh, really? I I thought for 20 years that it was. It never occurred to me like, <laughs> oh, I wonder if there's one like a prequel that explains some of this shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, the movie we're talking about today is the first Poltergeist. 
By the way, we're talking about Poltergeist. Yes, the real first Poltergeist. From 1982. This one's Ooh. directed by Toby Hooper. It's at 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Who critics. I just realized, sorry to interrupt, who I just realized the same dude that did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's right. I had no idea for years. I love Poltergeist. I had no idea for yeah. years it was the same dude that directed it. Me either. And I can totally understand, uh, I'm going to excuse both of us not knowing this, because this movie couldn't feel any less like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre than I think if it tried. Yeah. It is a polished, high-end Hollywood movie. Yeah. There's probably a good reason for that, and we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, out of 59 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, sitting at an 86% with the critics, 78% with an audience, reviews of 181,989. Wow, get That's out there. Bad. Yeah, y'all yeah. should be reviewing Poltergeist more. Both those scores are pretty legit. Yeah, but Blair Witch had 400,000 reviews. Get out there, internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a lot of the viewers have died since then. This was 82. Damn, Mark, that is not that long ago. <laughs> we'll also understand that maybe people who are reviewing are... Um, not as tech savvy back then. Ooh. Yeah, maybe, just, maybe I jumped point. too far. The time of the internet was alive and well. Well, it was, yeah, it was alive and well. Yeah, that was Blair peak Witch. early internet, yeah. man. That was a beautiful time. Computer we literacy. AOL, were we still getting the AOL discs in the yeah, mail? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It was like right. probably AOL 5.0 or something. When basically message boards and reviews were the best thing you could do on the internet because it took like what, like fucking 10 minutes to download yeah. like a porn show. 99 was like peak Napster. That was oh, the shit. Napster, which 15, I never learned how to use. 15 minutes to get a three-minute song that was mislabeled. Oh, all the time. <laughs> I don't know how many versions of... <laughs> Jingle Bell Rock you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many of those tracks. All right, this one's got Craig T. Nelson as Steve Freeling, Joe Beth Williams as Diane Freeling, Beatrice Strait as Dr. Lesh, Dominic Dunn as Dana Freeling, Oliver Robbins as Robbie Freeling, Heather O'Rourke as Carol Ann Freeling, James Karen as Mr. Teague and Zelda Rubenstein as Tangina. Here's what the back of the Betamax has to say about oh, this one. Oh, shit. Wait, did you really find a Betamax? I did. Oh, my God. Let's go. I'm excited. Everyone is saying it. Wait, is, that it? is that it? Is all it says? <laughs> I just wanted to pause unreasonably. Poltergeist is one of the most thrilling films ever made. Fascinating, frightening, as suspenseful as they come, this high-voltage, jolt-a-minute filmmaking at its compelling best. Producer Steven, quote, Jaws, Spielberg here presents the best of modern cinema. Director Toby Hooper's extraordinary, ultra-fantastic excursion into the supernatural. Thanks to the special effects wizardry of George, Star Wars Lucas, industrial light and magic, Poltergeist delivers a non-stop spectacle of visual effects you simply have to see to believe. It's pure magic and incredible fun. Life is very pleasant for the California family until a host of otherworldly forces invade their peaceful suburban home. It starts with just an odd occurrence or two, but soon their house is turned into a swirling supernatural sideshow. The forces at work are anything but friendly, and if the luckless family doesn't soon clear out, they'll all be swept off into nightmarish chaos. Astounding, completely absorbing, Poltergeist is a work of art full of spine-snapping chills. That's accredited. How to the big top. were wow. Betamax boxes? Yes. I was like Very the fucking large. novelization. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that whole thing is that they put the movies in between the first and last name, like that was their nickname. <laughs> Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Jaws Spielberg. <laughs> oh, old Jaws Spielberg. Oh yeah, we know him. <laughs> Since we're talking about Jaws, if I might. If you let's imagine. Please, we should just talk about Jaws. You guys I, know I can talk about Jaws forever. I had a conversation with somebody. Do you guys think Jaws is the name of the shark? No, it's the name of the movie. 
I never even thought about it. I guess put on the spot, I would imagine it's not what the shark calls itself, but maybe it's what people call the shark. I 100% always believed Jaws is the name of the shark. No, they never even say it. They never say its name. It's just the shark. It's both. No, it's not. There's Jaws. No, it's implied, I guess. I don't know. You wouldn't call a grizzly bear. Oh, that's just teeth. Yes, that's you know, your like, argument. You know, you're right, as a child, a, it was definitely Jaws yeah. the shark. But teeth would be a terrible name for a bear. Claws. I'd give him claws. Oh, yeah, Claws the bear. I mean, no, no. It's just the name of the movie. You know, I think it might be the shark, though, because in Universal Studios, they had that pretend Jaws just hanging, and everyone would be like, oh, go see Jaws. And the shark would be what you'd see. And I think on the map, it was Who labeled Jaws. Who said that? The map was labeled Jaws. We're going to have to pull up a map of 1990s Universal Studios. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure they called the shark Jaws. I thought they were talking the about the attraction. Park. The yeah, attraction yeah. was Jaws because it was based off the movie. Well, I mean, maybe. we have completely deviated here, but this is a serious conversation that needs to happen. No, it is just the name of the movie. The shark has no name. It's like the man with no name from the fucking, like, um, you know, Good, Bad, and the Ugly movies. There's just no name. It's just the shark. That's why Quentin doesn't go like, I'll get your Jaws and, you know, capture them for 10. You know, it's like, no, it's just I'll get your shark. The shark. This seems like a good actual Twitter poll because honestly, if this, even if the shark is not named, he is a conscious creature that goes after the mother in movie four, the revenge. According to the Jaws wiki, the fucking shark's named Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, nameless shark. Well, wait, my ass. His name is, is, is that Bruce? why the shark is named Bruce in Finding Nemo? I don't know. The big giant shark. His name is Bruce. And Bruce's Maybe. mate is named. Brucetta. Bruce. Okay, hold on. Give me your phone. I'm I, sticking with Jaws. What Fuck is that garbage. It's the Jaws wiki, bro. I don't know who, who wrote writes this. that though. Someone who loves Jaws way too much. Is that someone? Is that sanctioned by like? I'm trying to find the uh, the I think, citation. I think on here. the set of Jaws, they called him Bruce the Shark. I don't know if it was ever like intentional or in the movie, but that's what. Well, they then if they have a, a name they use for, it, then it definitely can't be called Jaws as its name. Shockingly, the Jaws wiki, very light on its citations. <laughs> no, you don't say. Yeah, so it's a little tough to find out where they got the name you Bruce know what? from. We're going to do a side YouTube episode <laughs> where we deep dive into this. We'll call it the Grave Talk Investigates. Oh. And we're going we're to make this happen. Ooh, GTI, I like that. But okay. Jaws the Shark. Bruce Jaws and Bruce. Shark, God damn it. You were wrong. We'll Twitter this shit and then we'll investigate it. All right, back to Poltergeist. <laughs> All right. I love this conversation that just happened. Is Poltergeist the name of the Poltergeist? <laughs> no, because oh, here we go. No, the justification. Poltergeist is the whole thing. Jaws. The shark isn't called shark. Yeah, the Poltergeist is named Joe. Everybody named knows like that. Fingers. 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 The Poltergeist. The, the, the shark is called shark or because mouth. it's called shark the whole movie. Whew. All right, so Poltergeist. Okay, man, my brain is now off in the deep end. Um, So, have you guys seen this movie before the time of recording? Yes, multiple Multiple times. times. This was one of my my go-to horror movies. I love this movie, and it scares the shit out of me every time. Well, I'm pleased to say that I was very, very happy that this movie held up so well as it did. Yes, absolutely. Um, From start to finish, I enjoyed my entire view of this. Uh, You know, maybe a couple of the effects here and there maybe suffer a little bit, but hey, 80s, early 80s at that. Yeah. Uh, Industrial Automatic did a really good job. Great. It's the same time as E.T., right? Yeah, E.T. came out one week after this movie. Holy shit. Okay. It's hard to believe it preceded it. Yeah. I was actually surprised to hear hear that when you looked it up. Man, this movie's so good. There's so many movies from that era that just 
fall on its face now. Yes. Um, when compared to, you know, modern graphics and everything else, but these all still work very well. And then the pacing still, it feels fine. It feels like a modern movie's pacing. It doesn't like have really long drawn out nothing scenes. There's like a lot of weird 80s things that happen, but the they add to the charm. a little awkward because there's moments where you think like, oh, that's the end of the second, that's the end of the first act going to the second act, but it's still part of the first act. Hmm. But like once you get to that, like where the second act actually starts, it feels right again. Like, yeah, it's, it does have its own unique feel, but yes, the pacing from start to finish, you're never bored. No, you're never bored in this movie and things that I thought, and I've seen this movie tons and tons of times. Things that I thought happened in the middle of the movie happened at the end. And things that I thought that happened at the end of the movie are in the, actually in the middle. And I yeah. was like, it just goes to show you like, it's kind of, it's kind of like nonstop. I always but forget it flows so well. there's like two endings to this movie. There's what you think's the ending and then the real ending. And it gets me like every fucking time, probably because I'm not very smart. And apparently I forget things often, but it got me again this time. I was like, when does this scene happen? Oh, right. Listeners, <laughs> would you buy a shirt that had John's face that says, I'm not very smart? <laughs> this could also be the effect of you watching 800 movies a year. This yeah, is true. You watch a, a lot, lot of fucking it. movies. So as mentioned at the top, this movie was directed by Toby Hooper of the Chainsaw Massacre uh, franchise. I would argue that you hardly feel any of his presence in this film. Yeah. Uh, this feels so Spielbergian. Like, Gary, you said you didn't even know it was him. I had no idea Toby Hooper was involved um, in this. Spielberg written, wrote and produced this film and was uh, rumored to be on set quite often due to delays from his E.T. film. He was, actually. There's a lot of, like... I, I researched the fuck out of this film, not just for this episode, but, like, previously, too, just because I was so... This movie, when I was a kid, the, the effects in it wowed me. Like, the thing, we'll talk about it with the chairs. Like, you know... When I first saw that, it freaked me out as a kid, but I was also like, how did they do that? Yeah. Like, how did they do that? Because it did, there was no cut. And, you know, I'm real detail-oriented in that aspect that I had to know. And so I would research this stuff. And, yeah, there's stories where, like, certain things would happen on scene and Spielberg would, like, run in comfort, like, uh, the actress who played Carol Ann. He would be the one to, like, you know, do special effects and things. Like, it was really, it was kind of crazy. There was even kind of a big deal when the movie came out, people not believing Toby Hooper did it. So much so that Steven Spielberg had to take out an ad in a magazine or newspaper saying how much he loved the direction of Toby Hooper. It was just like how I would have done it. <laughs> right, <laughs> And all the lights and the pacing, I mean, it feels like an ET Right, film. even the setting, like it's suburbia, which Steven Spielberg loves to find horror in, uh, horror, apparently I'm in New York now, horror, in, <laughs> oh, <the> horror. <laughs> in, um, in suburban America, which I think was a big thing in the 80s is more people it moved was. to the suburbs. But and, that's the um, thing is like, I know Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg wanted like a very suburban, like no famous actors in it to make it like kind of feel like that. But that kind of goes to show how like great Toby Hooper in a way is because he was able to mimic a Spielberg film. Yeah. Not, right. mimic, emulated, not mimic, but like yeah, emulated, emulated it so well. That you couldn't even really tell the difference at times. And that's not easy to do because Spielberg Spielberg and uh, Kubrick and there's there's a few directors that have such a unique style that it's just hard to duplicate no matter who you are. And he did such an amazing job with this. Again, I had no fucking idea. And that's astounding to me. So the movie kicks off with the signing off of on a, a television channel playing the Star Spangled Banner. We slowly get a look inside the USA, house. USA, USA, <laughs> you. Oh, sorry. We find out that was that, 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 was that you. That was me. I was tapping my foot. <laughs> I was like, who's I was, knocking I, on my window? I was into it, you guys. <laughs> uh, we find out this family has a real fucking problem. They leave their TV on all night. Yes, they do. What's wrong with them? That's they keep falling asleep with the TV on. 
I do that crazy. all the time. I do that every night, you guys. Okay, you've got a problem. It, especially now. The difference is there's no <laughs> sign-off, though. So, yeah. like, it just continually plays. You're going to get sucked into your HD, bro. You're going to get digitized <laughs> at 1080p, and you'll never get out. So and it was like be, shocker or whatever. I'm going to be <laughs> restored down to 2K. But anyway. starts out with, like, the most anarchistic thing ever. TV stations used to just turn off. Which the I end of the question. day. Do you guys remember that? No. Because mm-hmm. I do. And I, I can't. I, I was curious. And I don't want to get too derailed on this, but this is going to be a long episode. I just know it. Yes. Um, <laughs> do you think that was better that TV just said, OK, you need to go the fuck to sleep or you need to go do something else with your time now? You've sat in front of the TV too long. If you're the kind of person watching TV at 2 a.m. and watching the shitty infomercials, I'm glad that you have something to do with your time because your day, you're probably an overnight worker really pissed off and you want to know about the fucking slap chop. All right. (laughs) I don't think so. I think they want quality television just like, you know, but you didn't have DVR back then. So if you worked at like eight o'clock, you missed Matlock. Yeah. You know? And so you, all you had was like the news late night TV and then infomercials. If there was even infomercials, then static and then the sign off and then static. Well, you might have a Betamax player so you can watch Poltergeist. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I was curious if you guys remember that, because I remember the, the sign-off, and um, we had it at my grandmother's house, and it always Crazy. weirded me out, because like I would usually be half asleep at that point, and I'd just wake up to like, you the know, color bars. real America, like Star, Star Spangled Banner, or the National Anthem, and it was just like random propaganda pictures of like, America, we brought you TV, and then like, <laughs> you're done for the night, and you're just like... It's so weird. It's probably better than when you'd fall asleep in front of Blu-rays and DVDs and then you'd wake up to some fucking menu that's been playing God. for like seven hours. <laughs> I remember getting waking up to the anchor man just looping yeah. up the same four jokes oh, over and over again. Terrible. But also, if TV signed off, you would miss the opportunity of, you ever fallen asleep in front of the TV, woke up and just some fucking crazy shit is on your television? Yes. And you're like, what is this? What time is it? That experience didn't exist in 1982. You just got static. <laughs> Not until cable, anyway. Yeah. So the littlest kid, what is her name? Caroline. 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 Yeah, Caroline. Uh, static hits hits the uh, the tube, the airwaves. And, Downstairs. Uh, Craig T. Nelson is sleeping in a chair. Uh, side note: I love Craig T. Nelson. Don't really know why, but I think he's great. He's did a great suburban Coach? dad. I did. I watched okay. some episodes. I think he's just a great actor. I think he's a great character actor. Yeah. Anything he's in, I'm like, oh, good. Craig T. Nelson's here. You should watch Poltergeist too. Then, when he learns from a Native American shaman how to battle evil <laughs> with the ghost of smoke or whatever. All right, Mister Sequel, calm down. <laughs> the true life story of Craig T. Nelson. Um, <laughs> Carol Ann comes downstairs and she walks straight up to the TV, sitting dangerously close because I was told it would rot in my brain if I was within two feet of it. Yeah, we used to have radiation level like from the TVs, right? That's what they said. I don't yeah, know if there's I'm any truth. Ninety nine percent sure they made that up, or <laughs> we would all be did. blind. <laughs> One of those urban legends. Yeah, and she starts speaking to the TV. talking to it i was done answering questions yeah. i was immediately like 
it's been a while since I watched this recently, but like when that happened, I immediately turned to my roommate and was like, oh no, we're in trouble. <laughs> this is so unnerving for me. I forgot about this part. She's a very good child actress. Very good. Um, and yeah, her just answering questions and you don't hear the questions being asked is very unnerving. Yeah. And, and a she great was an way actress. to start the film. She wasn't an actress Right. Either. They found her in like a cafeteria or yeah, something. Yeah, at the like lot cafeteria. Yeah. They nailed it. Because yeah, a lot. she's not in the movie all that much. It's mostly her voice. And for a ch- like any actor or actress, it's probably really hard. Add in the fact that you're a child and not an actress. And she fucking nailed it, man. Yeah. So she's talking to the TV in the creepiest fucking way possible. And then she's like. She starts yelling at it. Oh, she's like, what do you look like? Where are you? I'm like, stop yelling. You're freaking me out, kid. And the, the movie does start to posit some information as it goes along that the daughter has sleepwalking issues. Yeah. It's not very heavily defined exactly, but the mother does say, I was also a sleepwalker to some degree. I don't think it really plays into like the movie. I think they were trying to figure out, okay, how do we make the parents not fucking weirded out that their kid's talking to the television? Right. It's a good reason for them to be like, He's doing it again. Exactly. We Without call the, the, the hospital. <laughs> Without immediately being like some weird shit's happening. Thing becomes daytime. Like it, yeah, it cut it smash cuts to like the the Pleasant Valley. Yeah. Like this like big swell and happy music. You look over the, the community in California, over the hills and stuff like that. You see this like new community. And then you cut to basically me as a grown ass man. Are you the one on the bike carrying the beer? Dude, he was so chill about the... I would be so mad. That dude is on a BMX bike with a fucking case of beer, just like a grown man (laughs) in like a shirt that doesn't quite fit, just like so stoked just to be like living. And I was like, I looked at that and I was like, oh God, that's me when I get home. (laughs) He's like, Steve, uh, uh, we're all out of beer. The football game's on. Uh, uh, Go get us beer. I only came home on my bike. And they're like, so? Go do it. (laughs) Yeah. And then he gets tripped by kids with like the earliest, must have been the earliest RC cars that ever existed. Yeah, they knock him over. Half the beer is ruined. And he's just like, who gives a shit? I'm I think he had like a pizza or something too. Like he had a lot going on that they totally fucked up. And he compliments the kid. He's like, nice aim. And then runs inside (laughs) with the beer, which is spraying all over the (laughs) living room. Craig T. Nelson's living room. What's his name? Steve. We'll call him Steve. Steve's living room. We don't know the guy's name. And they're watching football. And I guess it's a big game. Maybe the Super Bowl or something. Because there's like nine dudes in there losing their fucking minds. Because Craig's TV is on the same remote frequency as his neighbor's TV. And his kid wants to watch Mr. Rogers. Which seems to me like, and then they get an argument where they switch each other's TVs, but all they had to do was walk to the television. One of them didn't need to use the remote, and this wouldn't be a problem. Oh, good point. It really could have been solved a number of different ways. Yeah. Uh, turn off the TV, and then you switch your channel. Yeah, then I'll, then turn, I'll turn mine, mine on. on, and then I'll turn it to mine. They're like, no, you move your set. You move your <laughs> Real set. Real hard-headed men. That's yeah. Rearrange you know. your house. No, you. <laughs> yeah. And I do want to just say that Robbie is a piece of shit delinquent kid. Yes. He Wait. needs to be disciplined with a heavy hand. Wait, Robbie, the He's the, the one son? that did the RC car thing and the beer. Oh. And he's continually being a little shit throughout the first half well, of the Well, to be film. fair, his ass almost getting eaten by a tree, so That's eh, later. Karma. Yeah. That doesn't, That's <laughs> that cosmic. doesn't defend his, his, his activities that, beforehand. Kids, get your shit in check or you're going to eat by a tree. Don't trip adults <laughs> with an RC car. I'll tell you what. If that shit happened to me, I would have fucking punted that little car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He, he just doesn't give a shit. He just gets up, 
probably with a fucked up knee. That man, listen. That dude bites it on the yes. bike. And as someone who's bitten it on BMX bikes, even as like a 30 plus year old dude. Yeah, exactly. You don't just get up like, ah, we're cool. I'm too old to take falls like that. Like, I'm going to need life alerts. You at, least, at least you say some expletives at yeah. minimum. Yeah, but he's so intent on watching the game, I guess. He just didn't yeah, I don't shit. even think he mentions it. He like, lost a whole case of beer and walks in with a six pack. He yeah. like, literally lost a third he of his drinks. Like 24, he goes in with like five and they're just like, hey, what's up, Bill? Yeah, they're probably mad at him for not bringing enough beer. So this is going to be a real short game. We kind of get to know the family's life. Uh, Craig T. Nelson, he is a contractor that uh, what had sold a lot of the properties, right? Yeah, he's like a real estate agent, essentially, for a development community that's being created. And he had sold like 40... 41%, which as the owner points out, is almost half. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because he, he lives in a community. And so basically, because he gets to live there, he's selling the rest of the, the future um, expansions yeah. of this development. And we'll get we'll get more into that as we get later on. But yeah, so he's kind of like their top salesman. But he lives in this community that he helps um, grow. Yeah, and the day-to-day stuff, was it's actually fairly interesting. But... It, the weirdest scene in this whole movie to me is uh, this, uh, the older kid is like going to school. Oh, the older daughter? Yeah, this Who's older like daughter. 16 or something like that. She's old. barely a part of the family. Right. Yeah, they just send her off. But anyway, she's going to school and there's like construction workers. They're just, digging a pool in their backyard. Di- yeah, and they just like sexually harass her. And her mom's just watching this from the kitchen. And she flicks off the construction workers and like walks off. And the mom's just like, that's my daughter. And she's yeah, just so she just proud. She sits there and like watches like, I mean, I guess she was kind of like, she's she's becoming a woman. I'll see how she handles yeah. this. But she's sitting there just watching these grown men just be like, ooh, hot mama, what you, where are you going? It's like, she is clearly in school school, yeah. you guys. Cat calling an underage girl. Like yeah. mouthing I love you to her. She turns around, like, yeah, gives them the whole like middle finger yeah. and then walks away and they're all like, oh, that scamp, that girl, huh? And then the mom's just like, that's my daughter. Yeah, she has like a, a proud smile on her face and she doesn't mention this at all. Then the guy steals her coffee and she's just like, oh, you rascals and like closes the yeah, shades on like, her. Yo, you're here to do a fucking job. Yeah. Stop harassing my daughter. Don't touch my shit. Do your fucking job. Fucking fire these people. They suck at their job and they're assholes. And the mother addresses one of the workers by name like they know him. Yeah. Well, I this, thought maybe they were like employees of the husband. Maybe. See, it makes it I worse. Think they, I think they work for the community. I think because remember, they moved into this community when it first opened, part one, like phase yes. one. And they're about to open phase five during the discussion later on. So it's grown. I think what it is, because there's when he, when Craig's, or Craig's, when Steve is showing a house, they're like, oh, yeah, you live in the neighborhood that looks lived in. And he's like, yeah, but he kind of justifies yeah. that. But I think they've been there for a long time. And I think these are just the guys who have been building this, these communities for so long that they just kind of have gotten to know them over time. So maybe the mom trusts them enough to know that they're just being douchebags. Oh, no, this is some pre-Me Too shit is but, all I'm saying. Oh, that yeah, would no, not this, fly. This would be straight up like <laughs> someone needs an adult here. Yeah. Well, these three characters are why those beware signs got put up in yeah. every neighborhood <laughs> Where the in the fuck, 80s. Where's Chris Hansen when we need him, man? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we're getting to know the families day to day. The mom's mom's a, a stay at home mom. Um, the youngest daughter, Carol Ann, stays at home with her. Yeah, I think she was supposed to go to preschool because they mentioned that, but then it doesn't really come really up. See that, and, and then, then the dad selling selling his wares. Yeah, they, and then they, they the do houses. that real eighty scene where everyone gets up like seven hours before they have to be somewhere so they can have breakfast together. It never ha- like a seventeen course breakfast. It never happens in real life. It's so interesting to me because we do get a lot of the home life stuff that in previous episodes we've mentioned we found pretty boring. Uh, for instance, Amityville Horror. Yeah. This movie is maybe six, seven years later, and I was not bored through this kind of stuff. 
They, and I was curious. I was trying to rack my brain. Why is this okay and the other stuff? Because no. they, they shove it all together in 10 minutes and move on with the I movie. Don't th- I think that's part of it, but I think it's because everything that we see actually develops each character. When we see Robbie, he is kind of like aloof in his own thing, looking at the bent silverware, getting his own thing together. Um, we see him go put the the sheet over the clown mm-hmm. the night before. Oh, which yeah, what a fucking John, creepy clown. John. Dude. John, like, why do toys like that exist? That John, clown is like fucking clown, terrifying. Dude. Why does he keep putting the doll at the end of his bed? Yeah, dude, put that that Robbie, doll. You're a dumb shit kid. Put the doll up. Yeah, I would have fucking thrown that doll away. I would have asked, why did anyone buy that doll? Who saw that doll in a store and was like, "It's a load bearing doll, you guys. They can't get rid of it. <laughs> it must stay in this chair at all times. This, this doll belongs in my house." But I think but, it's because everything we see, as far as their day to day, actually goes to develop their characters and give us a feel for how they a interact with their surroundings b interact with like the outside world and gives us a good idea of their temperament and thought processes because like the mom's trying to take care of the family carol ann is like clearly kind of like in her own little mind world robbie's doing his thing the dad is kind of working and also interacting with the family I mean, we get a really good feel for everybody so i think that's we're not just seeing like you know this is just part of the normal day-to-day we're actually developing character during that time so they're putting the kids to bed the kids clearly got a fear of lightning in the tree outside. Oh yeah, I forgot he about this. Fears scene, yeah. about things like Robbie, that. I'm Robbie does. The tree. Yeah, yeah, Robbie. Robbie and Carolyn share a room. Um, there's a storm happening, and they the sun runs in and wakes up the parents. And in the so it doesn't wake them up because they're smoking weed. Oh yeah, right, the mom yeah, is smoking right. a joint, and he is okay. Do you He's guys reading have a Reagan problem book. with the weird pet play talk that happens in movies between married couples, like the? Hey, and the little cooing and rubbing your face on someone's shoulder. Like, it's weird. I know couples do that stuff, but it's just weird to watch the really dumb, intimate moments between people. Like, it's one thing when you're being sexy, like, come here, I want to let, you know, whatever. It but it's another thing, it's like, it's like that goofy kind of like, only your significant other really finds that thing funny that you do because you're like with each other. Like, to watch that play out, I was so uncomfortable. I was like, oh, this is so sickening. It didn't bother me as much as the weird kiss at the end of the film. Oh, yeah. Right before they jumped through the portal into the netherworld. That was forced at gunpoint. Yeah. No, it, it didn't stick out to me at all, to be honest. I guess I just wasn't paying attention. But. So, yeah, Robbie runs in the room because he's scared of the lightning. Yeah, uh, and Dad walks him back in and tells him the whole, hey, wait for the sound of the lightning. You know, it'll be further away. You count one through four or whatever. Um, which is going to come into play literally the next day, which I really appreciated. This film got right to the fucking point. Yeah, it's only like what ninety minutes. Yeah, if this was paranormal uh, hour and forty two minutes, oh, whatever. Okay. That is. Uh, if this was paranormal activity, we would went through day twenty seven before shit started actually hitting <laughs> yeah. the fan. This was like next day. Here we go. Yeah. This is like what ten minutes into the movie, things are already or fifteen minutes in the movie, things are happening. Yeah, because like, the chair thing shit. happens quick. That is like yeah, in the first well, the fifteen twenty where, minutes. The thing is, so like they get scared. I think you're going to talk about this. Where like Robbie gets scared the next night, he ends up like getting scared, and they end up in bed with the parents. The TV again signs off. Another little classic, you know, Americana song. Then static. Carol Ann gets up, goes to the foot of the floor, and then watches like this spirit thing shoot out of the TV into the wall above the bed. Yeah. Yeah. This is like right away, like right out the gate, this shit is happening. I think that happens the same night as the weed smoking slash yeah, lightning. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. And then like no one else wakes up to see it until the house starts shaking. Then everyone wakes up. They think it's an earthquake. Yeah, that only hit sm- their own house, though. That was the interesting part. Yeah, and then smash cut to next day. Carol Ann doesn't say shit. No. Yeah, the next day is when they do the breakfast and the daughter gets sexually harassed and the t- the the 
she yells at the kids like, how many times do I have to tell you to push in your chairs when you're done? Because the chairs are moving by themselves. Yeah. Like, well, they don't the know way, that yet. Yeah. We do need to mention that after the shaking, we get the famous, they're here oh, line. Which right. was like voted like one of the like 67th greatest movie lines of all time by... Which, yeah, it definitely yeah. is. It's, it's like, so <laughs> classic. Yeah. So classic. And then the next day we start getting chairs moving on their own, yeah. sliding across the floor. Um, stacking themselves in inexplicable ways, like you said, Fuck was one of the coolest scene. things I've seen. Super cool. My assumption is that there must have been like a, a couple of stagehands off set with like a table with these chairs all glued into place, and they just quickly walk in, walk out. That's exactly what it was. Diane goes, I was like, I told them to push the chairs in because all the chairs are like perfectly moved out from around the table. She scoots them all in. Uh, Carol Ann is sitting on the edge of the cabinet. The camera follows her, pans to the right. She goes underneath the sink to get some cleaning material, looks back, and the chairs are stacked in a like reverse pyramid-type situation. Stagehands ran over there really quick, removed the chairs, put that one big piece up there, and ran out. But it's a quick pan. Like it ha- They had to... Seconds. Yeah, two, and they did it in one take. Seconds. They did it in one take. It was so well done. Yeah, uh, and it's one incredible. of the most effective moments in the film. And that is where shit officially starts, because the mom... She can't deny that something just happened. Yeah. But she reacts so different than I think I would react. She was like, this is the coolest shit that's ever happened Well, to later me. on she does it because first she looks at Carol Ann and she's like, because Carol Ann mentioned there was TV people that she was talking to. Yeah. And she looks at Carol Ann and she's like, was this the TV people? And Carol Ann's like kind of scared, like, yes. And she's like, do you see them? And then Carol Ann was like, no. And then Carol Ann goes, do you see them? And the mom's like, no. And that's when I was like, okay, cool. We're packing. We're moving. This shit just got real. Yeah. No. Like you said, the mom's like, we have proof that the supernatural exists. This is so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Let, let this scoop my child across the floor. Yeah, so like it cuts to the, to the nighttime when the husband's coming home and she's like, you've got to see this. This is the coolest shit. And she had like moved all the furniture out. She had like marked where this weird shit happens. And she's using Caroline as like a prop with like a helmet on. And she puts her in this circle and it just drags her across the floor. I half expected a carnival barker to be outside the house. <laughs> Come inside the Freeling home. Play the chair game with the ghosts. Yeah, it's crazy. And the husband, like, and she jumps up excited when the thing moves the chair for the first time. She jumps up and down with joy, like, "How cool is this?" Yeah. And Steve's face is just like, "The fuck is wrong with you?" Like, like he's he's like officially beside himself. Yeah, he reacts like a normal person. He yes. can't handle it. And, and the whole time, Carol Ann's like, "I'm hungry," and the mom's like, "Don't worry, we'll go to Pizza Hut." Yeah, then there's like a weird cut where it cuts to them at their neighbor's house with like flies attacking them. Like, hey, is any weird paranormal shit happening at your house? So you know why that happened? Okay, this is something I found out. All right. Do I don't know tell. if you know this or not, but um, so basically, yeah. So that scene's playing out and like Carolina's so like, I'm hungry. Well, they were going to go over to the neighbor's house and ask them, hey, have you noticed anything crazy in your house going yeah. on? Because we, we've had furniture moving. The reason they cut so fast about that is because the mom's like, we'll go to Pizza Hut. And Carol Ann's character goes like, I hate Pizza Hut. It's so gross or something like that. <laughs> and so that's why it jumps immediately to them. Like, it seems unnaturally cut because it was yeah. unnaturally cut because evidently Pizza Hut was like, fuck you. That's I, not cool. And they were like, oh, shit, we don't want to offend Pizza Hut. Took I'm that out. super unobservant when it comes to like weird cuts or like uh, continuity errors. But that one's so obvious. It even jumped out to me like what the fuck? What a weird, like it's on like the husband's face and then it's just like, boom, they're outside. Like, it's like, what the That's fuck? what I researched way back in the day because I saw that and I was like, that's not right. Something yeah. happened there. Someone said something or someone hit somebody that should not have been on film. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't have like any B-roll to put in there. Yeah, it was Put another a, chair sliding across just and that'd re- be a natural transition into the next scene. Right. They're here. But can we talk about how weird that fucking neighbor is? 
Because he was like, no, I've never been bitten by a fly. In fact, I don't think anyone in my whole family has ever been bitten by a fly. (laughs) Oh, mosquito, yeah. Mosquito, yeah. Like, son, have they ever bothered you? Nope. Like, what the fuck? What a weird, weird weird interaction. But yeah, yeah, they like... That whole scene is weird. It was like they were high. Yeah, why was it even in the movie? It didn't actually add... I don't know. Well, they could have been high. Oh. (laughs) It didn't add anything except like just the weirdest jump cut slash Well, I thought they wanted the bug thing that shows up in a lot of horror movies where the insects are like attacking people. Like ambulable horror. I think that was Craig T. Nelson's character basically being like, let me just make sure this is not something about something weird with this area, like some gravitational whatever. Then it goes to the scene when they go back home. He's like, okay, I wish you hadn't said the thing about the chair because I don't want people to know about this. This explains like his perception of like, this is so fucked up. I don't want people to look at us weird or think weird shit. Fair enough. So we're going to keep this to ourselves, which they do until everything goes tits up right. in the next couple but scenes. But I do wish then that the neighbor had been played more as a straight man than instead of also a weird, He's weird. He's a weird guy. Yeah. He's a weird dude. So it made the whole scene just so like, bizarre but i mean it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things it's like three seconds of an otherwise perfect movie so yeah uh kids are in bed storms happening again robbie's counting the the seconds between the thunder and the lightning uh and then he gets like a like a one count off and then the tree smashes right through the glass with a hand a wooden hand grabs him and yanks him out of the room and that says was, how would you like it if someone picked your apples no i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> i was really kind of surprised by this scene yeah scared the fuck out of uh giant tree hand so great man and i feel like it does speak to such a visceral fear as a child like i don't know i like feel like as a child i could imagine seeing scary trees everywhere and like i think it touched on a real deep fear and i really loved it well you're not alone because the reason the tree and the clown are in this movie is because spielberg had a fear of a tree that was outside his window as a kid and he had fear of clowns (laughs) so those two things are specifically like things that spielberg was like terrified of as a child and i think yeah seeing shapes in the night is like such a thing that kids do i mean adults do it too right but when you're (laughs) when you're like a kid and you can't sleep like everything's a monster like i had the worst fear of like i couldn't keep my like limbs off my mattress or something would grab me like that was like a legit fear i had so i was like 20 so some of us still have those john fair enough some of us still have (laughs) those john (laughs) shut up mark some of us (laughs) until whatever age you are now (laughs) okay look you guys know i'm i'm no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's not. Let's get into deep talk with Garrett right now. Let's really pick apart his fears. <laughs> so welcome back to Phobia Time. <laughs> Poltergeist does a great job of encapsulating what I think are some real good base fears. Yeah, real visceral looking yeah. stuff too. So the tree comes in, grabs Robbie. I almost call him Toby. Grabs Robbie, pulls his ass right out the fucking window, and of yeah. course. What reasonably the family is now focused on saving their son from a tree. Right. They completely neglect the youngest daughter who walks into a closet and gets sucked into the paranormal. It's plane. quite a smart fucking poltergeist because they didn't actually give a shit about Robbie. If he no, ate Robbie or not, couldn't care less. It was like, a distraction. So yeah, they run outside to get Robbie out of a tree. They're, the tree is clearly alive. They see this. It's yeah. eating him. It's like gobbling him up in this weird tree mouth <laughs> as a tornado closes in on the house, which they see over the horizon. They're, they're going after that. And as this is going on, as you guys mentioned, like the closet opens up and starts sucking everything in this room inside this like glowing white closet. And then Carol Ann is getting held up in the air by the sheer force of this suction and then gets, su- she gets, yeah, she gets sucked, sucked into in, the yeah. closet. They, and the moment that happens, once they get Carol Ann, once the, the poltergeist slash, you know, spirits get Carol Ann, 
the sucking upstairs in the closet stops, and then the tree gets uprooted by the um, the tornado. The tornado. The kid gets pulled out of the mouth, and then the tree gets sucked up in the tornado, and then they're like, holy shit, what the fuck? And then they're like, where's Carol Ann? They run back upstairs. She's gone. They yeah. realize everything's been sucked into the closet. Well, they have this that- great scene where they're like, oh, there she is. Ha, 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 ha. And they all laugh, and they're all happy, and they move a fucking pillow, and it's that terrible clown doll thing. Oh, that's right. And, they're, and then they're like, oh, shit. And then so then they go check other parts of the house, and they realize, like, holy shit. Yeah, it's not until Robbie gone. hears her speaking through the television. Yeah. He's like, mom. Baby, where are you? And now they're like, holy crap, something really fucked up is going on. And it does a perfect job of giving us reason to have these people stay in the house. So many times we're like, why don't they just leave? Why don't they just leave? Well, they they lost their daughter. They can't leave. They yes. got to stay. Here. Well, the oldest daughter's like, I can't be here. I'm going to go stay with my friend Lisa. And they're like, deuces have fun yeah like, yeah that happens later but yeah she's up. like she's like i gotta go oh, it's, it's, like, it's the same it's the like the same isn't that thing. when the ghost people come no the next day so like basically the daughter's like i can't be here i can't be here they like go yeah. stay at lisa's yeah then the next day the rest of the family's like we can't go anywhere because we have to get carol ann back before we do and that's a good point mark they actually have a very valid reason for staying put mm-hmm. and because i completely can relate and understand that yeah I mean, i'd want to not go? be there but i'd also be like uh She's in the TV here. We're going to have to see what happens. But then they go talk to a bunch of paranormal investigators. Yeah, I think we time jumped several days. See, um, I think it's just like maybe like a day. No, because they have well, to have time to find these I gotta, people. I got to say, like the way, yeah, it taking time to go find this team at the college. So the, nothing happens for a couple of days then is what we're supposed to do. Right, believe. because the way Craig T. Nelson is kind of playing it off is like, this has been happening for a while now. Like when the when the team yeah. gets there. Because they had locked the door. Yeah, he's like, we like, just don't go in there anymore. The way he's talking about the room, oh, he's making good, it yeah. sound like, dude, we've just avoided it for days now because it's fucking that's chaos. So but they mentioned they don't go to the cops before they go to these people, which I understand for the yeah. point of storytelling, that's, they didn't want like a big spectacle and stuff like that. And how do you explain my kid got sucked into a wall? But if your kid's been missing for Four days or five days in a fucking wall. No, they like, said that she TV? had the flu. That's how. Because remember, when the the guy comes over, the owner, yeah, his boss, his boss finally comes. Well, that's how they justify. It. But I'm saying, if your kid's been trapped, yeah. in a TV realm or whatever for four days, you need to call someone else. Well, that's what they're trying to find. I think because the the lady, uh, uh, not Joanne, now that's all. Diane is like they don't have paranormal investigators in the yellow pages, which is a great line, which yeah. is a really great line. So I think they're trying to find someone to help them who also won't think they're fucking insane and killed and hid their daughter somewhere. Oh, good point. Okay, all right, well played. Yeah, I can see those lines being drawn. Like yeah, yeah. where they come to that conclusion. It just seems like four or five days is a bit long to have not taken like faster action. But I, I'm, I'm willing to concede the fact that what, no internet, no Google takes okay, a while to find point, them. Fair yeah. point. All right. Um, so the investigative team comes in and Craig T. Nelson's like, ever seen anything like this before? He's like, well, this one time we My recorded a toy car move like two feet across the floor. It took seven hours and I time lapsed it. It's literally the best thing ever. Yeah. He's like, mm, okay. And walks into the room and then we get this fucking tornado of shit flying around. There's like a mathematical compass playing a record. There's a TIE fighter flying around making uh, a toy TIE fighter making TIE fighter sounds. Hulk on a pony. <laughs> Looks like all these children toys like flying around and they're just like... Shout outs to Avengers 4. Hulk on a pony. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that spinoff. Uh, just 
utter fucking chaos going on in this room. He's like, blows this dude's mind. Because he was so like sure of himself and so proud of his time lapse footage. And um, And do you think Hulk would be a brony? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> these are the hard-hitting questions that grave talk asks hulk smash <laughs> if he does not get sparkle toy uh yeah um it's uh this this unfortunately is one of the scenes that suffers from the effects of the time yeah. um, it goes on a little bit long and it does look a little fake by comparison but i think we can kind of give that a pass yeah you just look past um, that still really cool and these these investigators are just beside themselves yeah man. never seen anything on the spectrum like this and it's not like your normal horror movie where basically it's like well we want to believe you and you spend like 25 minutes trying to convince the people who can actually do anything to actually do something right and they nothing happening immediately <laughs> and they're just like okay step two and you're just like all right thank you very much movie for not wasting anyone's fucking time here yeah. right so many movies are like the person who's seen the paranormal activity you know runs in and grabs someone hey check it out and then you know nothing nothing happens you're like oh Oh, you missed yeah. it, man. You should have seen it. But this movie's like, no, nah, no. Nah. Anybody wants to see this fucking whirlwind, you open the door. It's there for you to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Maybe it's because this poltergeist is like, I don't give a fuck. What are y'all going to do? <laughs> like, well, it's, yeah. multiple, it's multiple fucking, spirits. But yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's just like, fuck you. Yeah. Bring your paranormal buddies. I'll fucking suck them in the closet, too. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the paranormal team um, led by an older woman who really talks about how she's like, I investigate ghosts for a living. I may have wasted my life, but here we are. So this is all good, I guess. Yeah, that was a touching scene. That was a great yeah. scene where they kind of talk about like her her involvement in that. Um, her name's Dr. Lesh, and they've decided to stay the night. They set up cameras. They get everything ready to record the disturbances, and boy, do they. Yeah, it They're was so cool, down. man. It was such oh, 80s technology with the camera. The fucking and ghost that CRTs. comes down from upstairs. It's like a family, isn't it? It's like yeah. a family of like spirits. It looks like a ribbon of light, kind of like tendrils coming out of, of, of a room, and I could have sworn when I saw it the first time, it looked like it made a lady. Yeah, I thought I saw well, a lady, too. It looked like it was too, a lady, right? too, but like it was like a... It was like a lady holding a baby or something like yeah. that. And then when they play back the footage, it's like people wearing old timey hats, like a whole group of people. I was yeah. like, oh, wow. Which I thought was going to be when I first saw it as a kid, I was like, oh, wow, because everyone sees it. It's not one of those things where like some people see it. Everyone sees it. The cameras capture it. I thought, oh, they've all seen this. It's not going to be on camera, though. But no, it's on camera and they investigate the footage and they're like, it's like old timey people like wandering yeah. around. And that's when the the old lady, Mrs. Lesh kind of talks about spirits some people believe that when people die there's a wonderful light as bright as the sun but it doesn't hurt to look into it all the answers to all the questions that you ever want to know are inside that light some people die but they they don't know that they've gone they think they're still alive maybe they didn't want to die maybe they weren't ready Maybe they hadn't lived fully yet, or they'd lived a long, long time, but they still wanted more life. Some people just get lost on the way to the light, and they need someone to guide them to it. So basically kind of lays out the supernatural as a whole to the audience and Robbie. And then Robbie's like, well, if they don't know where they are, can't we just like go in and provide them a path to like show them where to go or something like that? And that's where they get the idea to like reach out to Carol Ann through the spirit realm or however, I don't want to say metaphysically or something like that. And they, they kind of realize where Carol Ann is. And then you realize that something has 
some entity or some specific thing has come to get her in the They're so confusing the about realm. this light business. Like, go to the light. Don't go to the light. Go to the light. Poor Caroline. I understand why she's like, what the fuck do y'all want well, me to do? Lesh, Lesh says no, because at first, you know, everyone's like, go to the light. You know, you think that's a good thing. But then, like, Lesh is like, no, because that's like when you commit to whatever. Death. Yeah, you yeah. commit the, to the death. other world. And so at this point, cut to one of the creepiest scenes where one of the guys, after seeing all this, goes to the bathroom, one of the, the ghost investigator guys, and starts pulling chunks of his face off. Well, this is actually before we get the apparitions oh, is caught it? on camera. He's okay. like, I'm going to go make myself some dinner, bro. And I don't know why this always tends to happen, but the guy who's supposed to be watching the cameras uh, is not watching the cameras. <laughs> Never. Like, you're there for one specific job. Man. He was like, listening to music cameras. and reading a magazine. Yeah, he's like, like you just mm, don't give a shit and all this shit's happening behind yeah. him. And I've never been so bored with ghosts <laughs> that I've been like, I should read this comic real quick. I'd be like, right. yeah. eyes glued. Right. It's like, you see, this isn't like a case where, oh, I don't believe it. Like, you've seen some crazy shit. Like, like minutes before <laughs> yeah. you decide to set up the cameras, you're already seeing crazy paranormal shit. Nothing. If you go back in that room, there's probably still a tornado with fucking Brony <laughs> yeah. Hulk there in is, there. There is, because remember the mom opens it up later <laughs> yeah. on and she's like, I'm just, sorry, I'm like so sorry. screams at her, right? <laughs> yeah. Nothing in that magazine is as interesting as what's going on in real life right now. <laughs> yeah, so the Egon Spangler Martin Short character decides he's going to go eat a chicken wing and uh, make himself a steak. Uh, he's one of the paranormal teams, but that's what he looks like. Um, he's like chowing down on this like chicken wing and then like the steak starts like slithering across the table like a slug and then he drops his chicken wing and it's full of maggots and then he runs to the bathroom to wash his face and just starts tearing his face off. Yeah, chunks of flesh. He's pulling it off. It's like tearing muscle and flesh and it's falling into the sink. It's like sloughing off and it's just like horrifically gruesome. Did you guys think that that scene was one of the only things that felt out of place based on how the rest of the film feels. It felt out of place in the fact that there was no real reason for that guy to be targeted, but it, I, I think it was necessary because while we've seen all this stuff happen, nothing really malevolent has happened to anyone other than the tree and other than Caroline being sucked in. Everything else has just been like very kind of like, I don't want to say passive, but very kind of like non-detrimental uh, you know, spiritual stuff. So to see that it could actually make you think that you were tearing your face off and to see that it could actually like really fuck with you in a scary fashion did a lot for me to be like, okay, you need to take all this seriously because while you may not be experiencing some of the, the negative, negative effects right now, evidently there are. Maybe the poltergeist didn't even really give a shit until right then. He, like maybe all this is just side effects of him trying to capture. Hey, I keep saying him. Don't want to assume your gender, poltergeist. <laughs> of them trying to capture Caroline and all this other shit's happening. Right, it's like a big deal to these guys, but to the poltergeist is just a side effect. And now he's been poked, or they've been poked so much that he's like, they're like, let me poke back. That, that, those are good reasons for it to be in the film, but I feel tonally, it is comparatively very to the yes, rest of the film, that's different. the goriest thing in the film is him ripping his face it's off. Much more a traditional horror film. Right. In I that wonder if to scene. Toby was like, I'm getting my face peeling scene in the this movie, my Steven. One Maybe. Scene. Maybe. Steven Jaws Spielberg. You don't see anybody die on film. <laughs> you don't no, see anybody no. die on film in this whole movie. The only thing you see like legit die is that, and it's only from natural causes in the beginning, is that little canary. That little like yellow bird. Yeah. Which why shout did, out to fucking poltergeist for letting that dog get away. Thank true. you for not killing that dog movie. Why did she flush the toilet, then put the bird in? It was like she wanted to get caught. She didn't. She they buried the bird outside, remember? No, when she first caught the bird dying, she's like, shit, whatever. Couldn't she wait for a school day? And then she took the bird, she brought it to the toilet, she opened it, flushed the toilet 
put the bird over the toilet, waited like 30 seconds, and I was like, oh, I got caught. He's right. You drop the bird, then flush the handle. Yeah. That's how it goes. Okay, look, she's, she's new to bird funerals, guys, okay? <laughs> Apparently, she needed toilets as well. I'd hate to know how she uses them. This is a good segue into one of my favorite... Flush. All right, now I'm going to the bathroom. Go, 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 go. Hurry, hurry. This is, one of my, this is a good segue into one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. So they end up burying the bird in a cigar box, and they put licorice in it so it doesn't smell bad. Yeah. And um, they have a little funeral for it. Um, Carol Ann, Diane, the mom, and then the older sister. And Carol Ann is taking it very seriously. And it's very sad. And you're like, oh, and this is kind of like her first introduction to death almost. Later on in the movie, like she's like, Carol Ann, what are you doing? You don't want to see mommy in a cigar box with licorice, do you? Like basically like you don't want me to die. But what a weird fucking way to say it yeah. to a kid. Like that was like... Psych- psychologically like fucked up. I was like, oh my God, well, you're equating death to like the weirdest, most drawn out. Like this kid's going to be like, this is what happens when you die. You put them in a box and you put some fucking candy in there. Yeah. But she also doesn't seem to care that much because the moment the funeral is over, she's like, can I have a goldfish now? But so yeah, they, they find a way to contact Carol Ann. At this point, shit's going down. So they send the, the, the son Robbie off to go stay with friends or Grandma. family. Grandma. Okay. Yeah, they love to send their kids away, the, man. And that is dog, a running theme in the whole series. The dog goes with them. Yes, they do. <laughs> the dog goes with them. And then uh, one of the investigators, they're like, they're like, okay, we're going to leave. And like the Lesh is like, I'm going to come back with someone else who can help us. Yeah. Guy who tore his face off is like, I'm out. He's like, he, she's like, like, so-and-so's I'm not coming here. back yeah. at all. Which I completely understand. <laughs> understand yeah. too. I'm out. <laughs> um, and they, uh, they're, they're packing up their findings, their videotapes. And they're like, we're going to go show this to people. You know, we're going to go try to find some help. I promise I'm coming back. And that's when they come back with Zelda or Tangina is the character's name in the movie who knows about this kind of stuff. Apparently she's been doing this a long time. She's done a lot of this. She's like, you know, uh, gifted and she can feel. It's like a medium almost. Clairvoyant. And she can read minds, I think. I think so too. She can like sense your inner like thoughts and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe she's kind of like. I'm not going to lie. I do not like this character at all. Really? I thought the movie would have been better if the original doctor had just sort of, I don't know, researched it out or something. I did not like Tangina. And I mean Zelda, and y'all, great and y'all job. Know Zelda, but, she's that she's that shorter woman, you know, who who kind of talks like this. Yeah, yeah, I mean her voice was creepy, and like she played it really well. I, I just don't great, like the though, character. Like, the character comes in, and you're you're kind of off by her. You're like, wow, this this is kind of a weird character. But she's well, because there to help. she's she's so unique. You you can, the, I think the viewer can kind of believe that, that maybe, maybe she has she, some kind of tap right, into yeah. Exactly. Okay, I agree with that. Um, I also really like the fact that the doctor John is is not well equipped enough for this. Again, as they presented to us, this team only saw a car move two feet in seven hours. That's true. I like the fact it's like, do we got to go find someone more knowledgeable than us? All sorts of stuff is kind of going down. All little random visual shit in the house. And then they they concoct a plan to send the mom into the closet, right? They're going to tie a rope around her because uh, they've shown a portal that appears in the ceiling where items have been dropping through from different random times. You know, there was like a watch from 100 years ago and stuff like that. Um, We also learn through uh, a dialogue with Steve and his boss that the boss had built these houses on top of a burial ground. My favorite part of the movie. This scared me almost as much as anything visual. Yeah, so the the boss shows up and takes Steve, Craig T. Nelson character, and he was like, hey, um, are you okay? We've been meaning to reach out. You're our best salesman. We don't want to lose you. He thinks he's like about to like take another job somewhere. He's like, 
We should have made you partner back in the day, but I know we didn't, but we're willing to kind of do that now. We're going to make it all right. You know, are you okay? And Steve is kind of still out of it, but he's still listening to him. He's like, yeah, we've been sick, you know, but he's like, how would you like a house on top of this hill? And he's like, well, I, I like it, but there's a cemetery here. And the, the guy who owns the land is like, oh, that's no problem. We'll move the cemetery. And Craig T. Nelson's like, wait, what do you mean? That's not cool. Like, that's kind of sacrilegious, right? And they're like, oh, no, we did it before. He's yeah, but like, he like totally when? puts up like the weakest defense. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, it's only five miles away. I guess they won't mind. <laughs> to be fair, he's about to get something really dope, a fuck ton of money, yes. a better house. And he also probably wants to get out of his house. But then at that point, he's like, he's like, well, we've done it before. And he's like, when? He's like, back in 76, before we started phase one. And that's where Craig T. Nelson lives. And he's like, that's when it dawns on him. He's like, motherfucker, our house is on top of like the original burial site. Yeah. But he's like, it's not like these are ancient Indian burial grounds. They're just uh, people. And it's like, that's a weird And the sentence. boss kind of insinuates that they move the bodies. He, yeah. He clearly yes. says that they've moved them. Like, I think he more than insinuates. Or maybe they, they attempted to, but I guess they didn't because later no. on, there's bodies, but what a cemetery, man, that must've been gigantic. The biggest cemetery ever. That, yeah. that is a big From development area. Phase one, all the way to phase five is still within a cemetery. Whole, well, don't we making... find out that that was actually an Indian burial yeah, ground in, in part two? In part two, it's become like an, a huge archeological dig. Yeah. Which because, is really wow. weird. Yeah. Because like evidently, like even though they, they moved some of the bodies, they may not have gotten all of them because like this was a site of like massive battles and Indian burial grounds. <laughs> And stuff like that. It's a pretty cool history. Yeah, um, but you would have definitely known that in 1976 when they started this. Maybe but have, he didn't. But he wasn't there. Remember? No, they not started him, but the company. Oh, the company like, for yeah. sure <laughs> would have known There's that shit. Regular, you can't just go build on like a Civil War battleground. But the boss <laughs> like, also said he's like, this isn't something we really advertise. So you know, yeah, we didn't tell anybody because Craig was like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, well, we don't really tell people this part of it, and he's kind of like what the fuck? So then we cut back. That's when Zelda shows up. That's when they start right. doing this. So if you develop now all the, now all the reasons for our spooking and our, uh, phenomenon happening has been put into place. Now we get into the final, what we think to be the final scene. Yes. And one throwaway line that I don't know if you guys caught. Um, they're talking about Carol Ann. Tangina is talking about Carol Ann and they're like, the reason they want her is because her spirit shines brighter. Her life force shines brighter than anyone else. You also learn that Carol Ann is the only child that was born in that house. Every other kid was born before they moved into that house. Carol Ann is the only one that actually like hmm. was conceived and born at the home. I didn't remember hearing that, but I didn't register. When yeah, I heard that's another thing that like that's why they want her because yeah. that probably is more connection. important later, like in two and three, where it's all about their fucking they never bring obsession. it up. Oh. They never bring it up later, but. <laughs> Yeah, basically, it's the whole, like, it just follows you because they want what they want. It's like, oh, you sons of bitches. But, yeah, so you learn that. They come up with a plan. So the mother is tied to a rope. She's going to go into the other plane to try to retrieve the daughter while uh, Tangina and husband kind of yell at her Yeah, well, Tangina's first plan was for her to go get her. <laughs> one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Yes. It was a totally reasonable thing for her to say. She's like, I don't know what's over there for, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Uh, so they managed to get through, grab her, and then they drop out of the ceiling, and then they're covered in slime, almost like a an ectoplasm like yeah, Ghostbusters. I was thinking that. Um, I wonder and, if they put it in a toaster later. 
Make a dance. <laughs> Fuck the police. <laughs> and uh, we think we've solved the mystery. Everything seems to be going back in order. Family members are coming home. The team is wrapping everything up and leaving. The mother has gotten some grays. Yeah, on it's the real side punk of her rock. Head. Yeah. Some gray hairs. We're not talking about gray aliens. Oh, but right. Some gray hairs. <laughs> some gray hairs. Uh, and in the, how does the next one kick off? The mother's finally finding time to yeah. relax. She's going to take a bath. Bathtub, she which, puts the kids to bed. Well, no, that, so, that scene, I was so into that scene <laughs> because I want a giant bathtub like that. Fair <laughs> I enough. I don't care about the naked lady. <laughs> I love a giant bathtub, you guys. I you respect know that. this. I, Dang. I, oh. Way, I'm, way to subvert our expectations. Yeah, I'm a connoisseur of bath bombs, okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll get you guys set up. She got the gray hairs, and then her daughter made fun of her. She's like, I'm going to have to dye it, I guess. Because she's like going to dye her hair. That's why she's going to take this bath, apparently, which seems like you'd take a shower for, but I don't know. And Robbie puts the doll back by in the same chair Dude, across the bed. what the, the fuck bed. is wrong with this kid with the goddamn clown? Maybe there's another movie where they throw this clown away, and he keeps coming back. There's like a <laughs> in fucking- In the trash can? Yeah, there's like, like a, Annabelle? Exactly. There's an Annabelle movie also happening like at the same time that Robbie's going through that we don't even know about when he goes to his friend's house it's like a whole fucking other horror show over there fucking everything in that room should have been thrown away immediately yeah for a second I thought they moved out because well, they were like talking moving about moving yeah, I thought they were moving also and I think they were packing stuff yeah up. they are leaving and the husband's like I'm gonna go I have to go get a couple of things from the office like they're like fucking we're out of here so that they are in the process of moving except oh, you yeah. could just move out the same day I mean I do because <laughs> I'm not fucking with ghosts they should have yes. been staying at a hotel. Well, they they are night, that night on. They're saying they are. When the husband comes back, they're supposed to go to the Hilton or whatever because putting the kids to bed. I don't know why they did that because in the the mom's talking to the daughter right, and the mom's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go stay at the Holiday Inn," and the daughter's like, "Oh yeah, I know that place." And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so they plan to go to a hotel. I wonder if she's getting cat called. She's been some places. <laughs> Fair like enough. The Holiday Inn. Uh, so they plan on going to a hotel. I don't, yeah, I don't know why she's putting the kids to bed and going to take a bath. She's really making a whole ordeal of the fact that she's got to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so again, we see Robbie uh, really agitated by the doll. And then he sits up and the doll's missing. And he decides he's going to try to find it, looks under the bed, and then starts getting strangled out by this Fuck that doll. possessed doll. Fuck it. Um, man. Kill it with fire. <laughs> the fucking clown doll. I, uh, you guys know the story behind that, right? Like, it was actually choking the, the, the actor as the scene was going on, and, like, it was choking him so bad that he was literally, like, not able to breathe. And he was like, I can't breathe. And Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper were like, cool, face the camera. <laughs> You're they doing thought he great. was acting, and they were like, look at the camera, look at the camera. And then, like, they noticed his face was turning purple, and then, like, Spielberg, like, ran over there and, like, ripped the fucking doll off his neck because it was too tight. And, like, yeah, he almost died from that shit. Wow. Wow. We'll talk about the curse of this movie at the end of this whole thing. But yeah, so um, he almost died from that scene. Crazy. Uh, walk us through the end here, John. Let's get, oh, let's get boy, to the end I don't here. even remember it all, to be honest. <laughs> How does he escape the doll? I don't remember. I don't either. He escapes the doll, though, and, <laughs> and the house starts collapsing. Right? Oh, okay, right. So then, like, then the light comes out of the closet again. And it starts sucking everything back in. And the mom hears them. And then she's like, oh, I better go help my kids. And every time she goes to open the door, it gets like, fuck, she gets like zapped. Yes. And then the dad comes and sees some crazy shits going on. Well, the, the mother runs outside to go get the weird neighbor. Right. They're and then fucking she falls into useless. a pool. Yes. And all these zombie bodies start popping up from the grave um, that they're buried, you know, underneath the house. And then the family next door does actually save her. 
And then they hear the weird screamings and like, we're done here. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, you're on your own. She's now. like, help me with my kid. And they're like, now nah, we're good. But and so then, then she runs in. They, that's when she's in the pool with the skeletons, right? Yeah. yeah. Those are real skeletons. You guys know that, right? No, that's crazy. They actually, and this is why, this is why people believe this movie is cursed because they actually used real dead bodies, real dead people, skeletons in that scene. And no one knew Huh? like they use real skeletons and no one knew. And that's why they say like a lot of people are cursed from this movie. Hmm. But yeah, so after so after the fucking wow. that shit scared the shit out of yeah. me. I still like getting pools, and I'm still like at any point, skeletons are gonna come up and grab yeah. me. Such a great scene. They're flow, they're bobbing up, and it's it's really gross. It's really disturbing. Well, they're thinking they're at first, and then they start kind of moving and yeah. looking, and you're like, oh, they're not just dead. Oh, fuck that. Super disturbing, knowing that they're real skeletons that she had to deal with. Um, the mother does manage to get into the kid's room finally, and then there's a giant weird hole yeah it looks like almost like an esophagus or some like organ really gross um it's now just like vacuuming in the children they're like (laughs) holding on to the wall like holy shit and like mom immediately like gets starts to get vacuumed in but she managed to pull him out and then craig t nelson comes home yeah and he like he starts screaming because i guess he sees the corpses like like in the pool you only move the heads and his boss randomly comes by he was it's so weird, but whatever. And he manages to get his family out, and then he's yelling at his boss like, Son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies, and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! Why? Why? See, I thought I thought the boss was coming over because he was like, I hear you're moving. I want to try to stop you because remember they didn't want to lose Maybe that's him. what it was. I just didn't See, catch I, it. I gathered that it was, was so Because it's thing. so hard to tell what time it, this is. Ac- it's well, dark as fuck changing outside. Colors. Yeah. Like the, the, the movie has posited that like when shit starts going yeah. crazy, the sky and light. it would be like change. 11, 12 at night at this yeah, point. Like but, the boss- there's so many people moving about <laughs> now. The whole neighborhood is awake and yeah. like, what the hell? See, I thought it was like at 8 o'clock. Like, right. roughly around, like Is the movie happening at wintertime? So it's only like 6.30 when all this is Daylight savings happening right know. now. Well, things get darker at certain times over on the East Coast when you go by certain. But they're in the California. Coast. I know West Coast. I'm sorry. Yeah. So but, I don't know what time yeah, it's all anyway, this is anyway. happening. And well, one of my favorite scenes in the movie: the house implodes into itself. So cool. Which I kind of wish hadn't happened. Really, I loved it. See, I thought it was great. It looked great, but like that's the one thing. So yeah, they get everybody out of the house. The house implodes in on itself, which was very creepy and awesome. But I kind of wish the house had like not imploded in on itself, but more kind of like crumbled into the ground into dust and maybe it has been like dust on the ground like as opposed to like the weird supernatural portal. I thought it got like sucked into it. Yeah, I just portal. thought it was like the whole thing was like it was on full blast reverse yeah. now and everything just got sucked into, into the other portal. side. I wonder if yeah. homeowner's insurance cover is getting sucked into a portal. But I wish it would have got sucked into the ground because like if it's based off the burial site or something like that, it should have been like lower. I guess, like I said, it's a very minor visual gripe of mine. I wish it would have gotten sucked down into itself. We got to like, do frame by the... frame comparison to see did it get sucked into where the bedroom of well, the closet would be? They yeah, call I that room the, the closet. Yeah. Because where that closet is the heart of the house. So it's Remember, getting sucked in that. there. Yes. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but yeah, probably an act of God. It, it makes sense. I mean, it's a cool fucking scene. I'm not complaining about the scene at all. I just, I wish it would have like gone into the ground because yeah. that was, because I, I was understand the impetus of this whole thing was the burial ground, the spirits, the angry stuff like that. I wish yeah. it would have gone like more down as opposed to just in midair. Whoop. <laughs> Fair of, enough. 
you know. But hey, fuck it. It still looked awesome. Yeah. So the house is gone. They go to a Holiday Inn and they push out the TV, and which means that they don't really fully understand what the fuck just happened. <laughs> they the TV. don't quite understand. <laughs> I, can, I can totally understand the aversion to those television <laughs> sets, no. though. But you're not going to make all it in America without a TV. <laughs> to be fair, I would Give find a it... a week. Fair enough. As much as that shit would scare the fuck out of me and I would hate it if someone did it to me, I'd find it really hard not to get up in the middle of the night, walk over to the TV and be like, hey... Yeah, no, we took care of it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, it's gone. Don't worry. And then like my family just be like, "What the fuck, Gary?" I just be like, "I would fire you from my family immediately." They don't suspect a thing. TV. Just even if it wasn't real, I'd just be like, "Yeah, no, no, we took no, care of it." Yeah. They don't. You'd still be fired. The end. You're not coming to Christmas, Garrett. Yeah. And then they moved to Phoenix. You don't see yes, that in the that's first where one. The second now. one is. Yes. That's where the second one is. But yeah, this fucking movie is so great. Yeah, and it holds up. And yeah, it, it took us a long time to get through it. There's a lot of moving parts in this. Yeah, film. I mean, we missed parts of it too. Like, definitely go watch this movie if you haven't. If you somehow have not seen Poltergeist, go watch it. What the fuck are you doing? Pause this podcast, go watch it, and come back. Totally. This is this is something that I would say make a priority for you to sit down and watch because horror movie aside, this is just a good solid piece of filmmaking, which yes. is weird because. I don't think Chainsaw is like that great of a film. I enjoy it. I like it a lot, but I don't think it's like you should watch, stop what you're doing and go watch Chainsaw. But I would say Toby Hooper fucking nailed this movie. Like it's so good. Like I would put this on a, this is just a must watch movie in general. Yeah. I mean, I have no way of knowing obviously who actually directed this movie, but it feels like a Steven Spielberg movie in every scene except for one. It well, just they, they, they collaborated a lot pulsates because like, like they offered the job they offered um et to hooper and he said no and so he's like cool well i've got another project for you which they didn't know what it was yet mm -hmm. and then spielberg was like you're gonna take this and it was poltergeist yeah so they they, they kind of created it together they kind of was like a collaboration together to make it what it was but i think it was like a perfect it was a perfect marriage of two creative people making just an insanely phenomenal film other than that one weird cut with the pizza yes. thing. No, but I meant no, I'd say the movie is yeah. almost I don't want to say flawless, but almost like perfect. Yeah, it's one of the better horror movies that have ever been made, I would say. Top ten probably. But yeah, so like a bunch of people who were in this movie died and a bunch of other weird shit happened on set where other people almost died. It was like all these crazy stories yeah. about that happens with a lot of horror movies though. I feel like they get really popular, like I mean, if you follow, if you have a cast of like what, 500 people, statistically some weird shit's going to happen. And I think like sometimes they put these movies under microscopes, you know, like they did that with The Exorcist too. They, oh, it's cursed because all these weird things happen. But I'm just a skeptic for that. Well, see, I thought, I thought some of the stuff that I'd heard happened closer to the filming. Like evidently the older sister like got killed. Like she got like strangled to death. In I think her, that happened like, after release. Yeah. That's why she's yeah, not in two. It was, like, it was like really close to like the release. Yeah. But then, like, one of the characters, one of the, the doctors or something like that was, like, killed with an axe in his driveway here in Austin. Wow. In, like, 2009, which I was like, oh, that's so far apart. Yeah. You know, like, okay, maybe some shit's bound to happen to somebody from point point. But, like, the stuff on set, like, people with almost dying, which I understand a big production. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I, I like the idea of it being cursed, though. Not, it's unfortunate that so many people died so young. Yeah. Caroline and the older sister's name, I don't know. But, uh, Carolan. <sighs> it's been a long like day. Yeah. They say Carolan like 97 times. I should have known that. Anyway. That's okay. You it's sad what? that they all died, but. You're a barf bag, John. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're a doggy bag. 
I don't know where you're going with this. That was two lines of dialogue in the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they do call someone a, a doggy bag. Well, that was a pretty good comeback. That's that pretty solid. <laughs> it's unfortunate that they died. We're going to trip John with RC cars <laughs> when he's trying to carry something. But I do like the the mysticism around the movie. I think that those add something to it. It's interesting when, some, when a movie's so popularly intense that these kind of things do come up around. Yeah. It. I mean, it is fucking freaky because like when she falls into the pool, like she did not know those are real skeletons and they found, she found out afterwards she was fucking pissed. I'd be pissed too. She was like, those are real fucking people. Get the fuck you guys. And then like, she also didn't want to do that scene because there was so much electrical equipment like hanging over the pool. Um, Jeez. that she was like scared to do it. Cause she thought she, and Steven Spielberg like jumped into the pool with her and was all like, look, if you die, we die together. Which I was like, that doesn't assuage my fears. Yeah. That just means, cool, two people die instead of one. Right. I'll still be dead. Yeah. I don't give a it's shit like, if you die. It's like, you understand what that, you know, but like, evidently she had no problem with it after that. Um, the scene where uh, Carolina is getting sucked by the, um, the closet and she's like hanging up in the air and the fans are blowing everything. Evidently she was so scared of that. Like they had to run on set like after the, like in the middle of the take, scoop her up in her arms and be like, you'll never have to do that again. That's why a Aww. lot of the scenes are like from a different angle where you don't see her. And then she like wouldn't stop crying after like the scene was over. It was like, it's, it's crazy. It's like, there's so much like history to this movie and so much like, it's just quality. I really appreciate that Toby Hooper brought us the first slasher film and brought us the first, um, or not first, but one of the best ghost haunting movies that we've had. Yeah. So the man's got his hand in a lot yeah, of projects. He had a really rough career and it's unfortunate, um, how little he was appreciated during his time with us. We appreciate you here. Major? He did Texas Chainsaw 1 and 2. He did this. Um, Life Force Invader from Mars. Oh, my God. Life Force is terrible. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> Invaders from Mars would creep me out a lot as a kid. Yeah, that was the one. Um, that was where these uh, aliens come down and in inject stuff into people's necks, and they start uh, doing the bidding of the aliens. Anyway. Uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff here and there, but I would say that definitely his top three have got to be the two chainsaws and uh, this one. Yeah, he got fucked by this movie, like Poltergeist, because everyone really? thinks that Steven Spielberg did it, right? Yeah. So it's so oh. it's hard for him. It would have been it was probably very difficult for him to get directing gigs after mm -hmm. instead of being one of the hottest directors ever since he took a ten million dollar budget or whatever and flipped it to seven hundred million dollars. He got nothing, and that really sucks. Even with Chainsaw, like, he made one of the first, you know, like I said, slasher-type films, and uh, he was fighting public perception. They were just calling his movie garbage, worthless, you know. Sucks. The entire, his entire career, he'd been fighting an upward battle with, you know, making his, his uh, creative vision. And then he gets a chance to kind of do something beyond that, and it's kind of credited to someone else because it's got such a feel for a unique style. Right. Ah, that, that does kind of suck, man. Yeah, it's just bad luck. You know, some people have that, you know, like, they just... They leave a mark, but unfortunately, that mark is just... It's even to the point where when I was going to college, uh, Toby Hooper was teaching film at my college. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't take the class at the time, Bummer. but I was aware of his, his, his existence uh, being there uh, teaching. Um, it just felt... I was like, man, why does a director with, with you know movies like that under his belt have to resort to teaching at a small college? Same time, though, you know, he did Life Force, which was really, really fucking <laughs> shitty. So 30 I, like, years. I feel like, I feel like, you know, like, is it better to do, like, two quality projects and not... Is it better to burn out or fade away? I guess that's the eternal question for creatives, isn't it? He did Texas Chainsaw 2 after Life Force, so don't hang his oh, okay, hat on okay. that. I thought Life Force came out after 2, so mm -hmm. I, I, will, I will give him some slack. Maybe he just had a shit project to work with. 
So three recommendations all around on this film. Go watch it. It's available streaming, right? Uh, yes, on Amazon Prime. Prime. Do whatever you can. If you love horror movies, you should watch this one. Even I if you don't it. love horror movies, go watch this one. Yes. If you like Steven Spielberg movies, go watch this one, even though he didn't direct it. He was If you like very Toby Hooper, go watch it. I would say, you know what? If you like vi- pictures on a TV screen, watch this. If you're a fan <laughs> of small children tre- creepily talking to yeah. TVs with static, go watch it. If you like clowns, go watch it. If you if like colors. Fan, if you like trees, if you're into nature, <laughs> go watch this movie. Do you Ooh. breathe? Watch this film. Yeah. What are your thoughts on sound? Watch this movie. <laughs> are you pro sound? Good. This movie's got it. How do you feel about edited out Pizza Hut? Hey, go watch this. Man, it's got it all. I don't think we could recommend it any higher than no. that. Anyways, go watch it. All right. Any lasting thoughts on this? Um, go watch Paltry it. Guys 2 and 3 are also on Amazon Prime. You can avoid those. Three is the one in the high rise, right? Yes. Three takes place in Chicago. I thought that was two when I was explaining it to someone the other day. And I was like, oh, it's in a high rise. She goes to live with like an uncle or something like that. That movie is trash. Oh, so bad. So like in, so five seconds, number two, uh, a Native American shaman has to teach Steve how to battle evil. Uh, using the spirit of smoke so that he can save his family. And then in number three, they're like, goodbye, Caroline. We can't fucking deal with you. Go to your aunt's where you're going to go to a special school. So they just get rid of their fucking problem child, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. And uh, the ghost follows her there. And uh, the end. And it's in a high-rise building. You find out like there's an entire floor of this building that's under construction. And like that's where the ghost realm is. Yeah, it's so stupid. fucking stupid as shit. Doesn't make any sense with the the lore. It's well, like that apartment building in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah except much like dumber. Except yeah, it's it's significantly dumber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but go watch Poltergeist one. Yes. All right, you heard it. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>